0: at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best selling books. Tell me more how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Shock Your Potential. My guest today is Holly Duckworth, and we're going to talk about something that those of you who listen to me know is near and dear to my heart, and that is mindfulness and the practice of mindfulness. So Holly is a keynote speaker. She's also an applied mindful leadership advisor, and that's a lot to put on a business card without a doubt. Now, here's some other things about her. She is a contributor to the New York Times, producer and host of the Everyday Mindfulness Show and columnist to many, many other uh, publications within the industry. And here's what I really love. She works with stressed out leaders to create peace, presence, uh, and profits. (laughs) I had to put those all together. (laughs) Peace, presence, and profits. And and if you say that three times fast, I'll uh, give myself a gold star. So Holly, thank you for joining us today.
1: Well, thanks for having me on the show. I think it's an interesting and exciting time to be talking about mindfulness. And I kind of love it in the contrast to your show talk, you know, shock your potential. And, and sometimes the most shocking thing we can do is actually give ourselves that place for a little breath and, and peace
0: absolutely and it's it's funny um, as I was sharing just briefly with you before we started taping you know mindfulness practice for me is is something that has been very important and i in fact I even though I, I did a year of trying to make sure I did it every day in my what I called my year of the gold star I once I finished with that gold year I found that I kept missing days and so I bought some different little gold stars and every day that I meditate and and do all those things i got my little gold stars I'm on a 18 day run right now without any breaks. And, and I, I know that for myself, that mindfulness has meant a lot of gaining kind of insight to me, but a lot of space to breathe and think in a way that I didn't before. And I, I know that I've talked to a lot of people that are like, oh, I can't do it. I just can't, I just can't do it. I'm not any good at it. And that was me in the beginning, but now I find that it doesn't matter. It's not about whether or not you're good at it. It's just whether or not you practice it because then you find something. So I can't wait to hear about this. So I've done a little introduction for you, but what? tell us a little bit more about you and what you do and how you shock your clients, the people that you work with every day.
1: Well, let's go back to go forward a little bit. And I just always like to start an interview like this because we, we don't know exactly where your listener is with this, with this concept of mindfulness um, as people who practice it, it seems kind of obvious for us, but I think it's important to know that this is a fairly ancient new idea. And so <laughs> I would like to start with uh, my definition of mindfulness. And I work with the Jon Kabat-Zinn approach, which is mindfulness is the practice of being present in the moment with non-judgment. And I do say it's applied mindfulness because for the work that I do and the people that I do it with, it's about many practices you can do throughout your day that do not require a yoga mat. Um, And while meditation is a great mindfulness practice, it seems to be one that resonates for you. I think it's also important for us to remember that um, meditation is meditation. Good, great, wonderful practice. But mindfulness is mindfulness. And, and, And while they're connected, they do not necessarily have to be the same thing.
0: That's excellent. And that's a really good point because it's about, you can do them both together. You can have mindful meditation, but you can still practice mindfulness in a different way throughout your day that doesn't require actually meditating at the moment. That's, I, I agree completely. That's brilliant.
1: Yeah. And it's important for people also to understand in a, in a world whipped up a little in fear right now that mindfulness is not religion, <laughs> and you can have your own religious traditional experience and practice mindfulness side by side if you so choose.
0: When I think about it, even you know, when we talk about when we add mindful to many things like mindful eating, and right now I'm also coincidentally on day 18 of a, a journey with weight loss and health and kind of ramping things up. And yesterday I wanted to have some hot tamales, I love candy. So I got myself eight hot tamales because that's half a serving. It's like 65 calories. And I sat down and I ate them slowly one by one and I just relished each one. And it was the first time I could really consciously say I did mindful eating. (laughs) But it made them taste delicious. I felt very satisfied. And it was so different to be that present just for something like a piece of candy.
1: Oh, that's a beautiful example of, you know, life today whips us up 24-7, 365, go, 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 go. And yet, you know, in that, you know, five to seven minutes or however long that for that practice was, it, it brought you back into the center of yourself. I have another practice, kind of a contrasting that I, that I use with executives too, where, you know, we get stressed and there's more things and more things and more things. And one of the experiences I say is mindfulness is, you know, when you have that moment, go to the bathroom and wash your hands and visually see the stress going out your arms and out your fingertips and and down into the sink, you know, that just that space to breathe out the stress, wash it down the sink and then go back to to your work or your car or your family or those types of things. So there's a lot of little things that we can do that can be shocking to your system when you give yourself permission, be fully, fully present with the food, give yourself permission to let go of the stress. And then on the flip side, give yourself permission to have joy and gratitude.
0: Absolutely. Without a doubt. And I know, you know, when you, you work with stressed out leaders, which most people I know, most leaders I know, and that's a lot of my listeners, you know, the, probably the vast majority of people that are in my listener base are in leadership roles. Some, uh, and quite a few of them are earlier in their career in terms of just gaining control. And there's this sense of, I've got to do it all and I've got to be perfect and I've got to be doing this and I've got to be doing that. And, and the stress really mounts up. So how do you help them to find that place if they're not used to operating mindfully
1: well, I'm really grateful that my business kind of has three prongs. One is obviously the keynote speaking. One is the training and in the books. And then of course the private coaching. And these are often areas where private coaching really does help someone. So I offer kind of, I, I call it a mindful leadership poster. And, and I'm certainly happy to provide that as a complimentary download for for your listeners. If you do such a thing, um, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, how do we um, as a mindful leader, how do we, center in every day, and I've practices for that. Um, The idea of visioning and creating a vision and and feeling into it. We live in a feeling universe, and most of my clients, they come to me and they've got these really beautiful gears going in their head, and that, what's that story you're telling yourself? Because whatever follows the I am is the I am of who you are, and so I help them to gently slip down into their heart center and feel into the feelings that they want to have in their life versus the um, often stress and overwhelm that the society says we should have. And that's kind of a shock to your system. And that was why I was so excited when you when invited me to be on the show is to be a leader today, whether you're a leader in a you know an entrepreneurial firm or a big corporation like the, the organizations that I work requires you to almost be that bold, shocking to say, I am I'm not gonna accept this stressful lifestyle. I'm going to find ways for the yes and I, I can do this work and I can do it from a place of peace, presence and profits.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I love that in so many ways. It made me think, you know, at, uh, many times in my career, I tried to work with the leaders that reported to me and help them find balance because I knew that for myself, much younger in my career, I didn't have any balance. And so I was work, 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 and I was stressed out all the time, you know, not sleeping, you know, those different elements. And, and after a couple crashes early on in my career where I'm like, oh, I can't do this anymore. I really found ways to find balance. And that's before I even found mindful meditation. But with a number of uh, leaders who've reported to me over the years, when I talk about work-life balance, I found that some of them – took that to the opposite extreme. So they're like, "Oh well I have life work balance. So I'm going to have a lot more life and I'm not going to really work. And then there's a problem there. You can't find, you know, the sense of peace and presence and profits when, when all you're doing is, you know, trying to think of relaxation too. So there's got to be some balance where we find enough energy to keep us moving and understand who we are, as well as stay mindful and have you know, control over ourselves and our emotions and, and that rambling head that's going on.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I call it work-life integration. I personally don't believe in work-life balance, never had. It's that, that place of, of work-life integration. And I'm, I'm seeing, especially in my social media feed right now, there's so much, excuse me, big stuff happening in life marriages, divorces, children, now the sandwich generation taking care of of, of family members that I think we need to find this state of grace to allow people to have work life integration. And so um, when I went through my divorce a few years ago, the best piece of advice I ever got was work four hours, take four hours off, work four hours. And yes, it made a 12 hour day, but it allowed me to, ha- to, to get the things I needed to get done personally and professionally. And that's going to look different for all of your listeners, but can you find places in the day? I'm going to take, you know, a 15 minute in the morning, a 15 minute mindful break at, at lunch, and 15 minutes in the evening or, or 10, 10 and 10, but f- giving yourself permission to say i'm not going to burn the candle at both ends and burn myself out because if you don't take care of you we don't have your authenticity your vision and your ability to create within the world
0: that's really important i like that term work life integration because you you do you have to find a way to make them all work we have to earn a paycheck somehow so you've got to have a job in some way shape or form but if you don't have the personal you will burn out i think I know there's been various times in my life where I almost felt guilty also of doing things like, oh, if I go to do a workout during lunch, I'm taking 90 minutes instead of 60. And, you know, is that too much? Am I, and you can stress yourself out trying to find that balance. But I never thought of it before about how do you plot and plan ahead to integrate enough so you have all those things that are being met because the personal is important in there
1: well and here's another fun tip people really love this one is um how do you reference your car a lot of people you know they they you know they get up they get in their car they go to work and, and we often think of our cars on an unconscious level as like our stress machine once you get in your cards thinking about the day and thinking about the grocery list and thinking about the to-do list and whatever and i i i've Taken maybe a shocking approach to that, and I, I call my car my driving ashram. You can drive, call it your driving peace mobile. You're driving, you know, center center of the universe. I mean, whatever it is, but that's a time that we we can't really get away from. You know, whether your commute's 15 minutes or 45 or whatever it is, but how do you approach that time, as a way to be mindful? And so I invite you know my my coaching clients to look at you know what do you do at a stop sign? You know. Nine, octagon eight infinite is the it's red red is your power chakra instead of looking at that and going oh my god i have to stop oh my gosh i don't have time oh my gosh another stop sign can you just re- look look at that in a different way and go oh, here's the universe presenting me this opportunity to remember the infinite that remember the power that i am take that breath in breath out and then continue your drive. And, you know, you might have four or five of those in the, in the context of a drive. And it's kind of a shocking, fun practice that resets your mind when you arrive at your destination.
0: That's great. I, and it is, it's funny how many people, I, frankly, it, you'll laugh at this, but we don't even own a car. Uh, we sold our car a little more since than six years ago, but I live in the city. So, I don't need a car. We rent one if we need one. So when I get into a car now, it has such a different feel for me. And I'm usually looking around kind of amazed and enjoying that because I'm usually in a vastly different place. I'm flying somewhere, so I've got a rental car. But I used to see that car, that car time, how many times would I drive to work, especially in my 20s when I was really stressed out, and I wouldn't even remember the drive. You get to work and you're like, what happened? Thank God I didn't hurt anybody because your brain is going instead of saying, okay, maybe I could use this time to breathe a little or plan my day or, or just be aware of how beautiful the leaves are around me as they're turning those, those things. It's, it's just a mental shift.
1: Mindful versus mindful. <laughs> you know, where in your life Is your mindful. And I, I think there's also this, you know, this grace and this gratitude when you have those, Oh man, like I drove all the way here and I don't know how I got here moments. It's like, okay, wait a second. Let's pause. Let's feel my feet on the ground and, and really move back to why am I here? What is mine to do? And letting, letting those things that
0: aren't yours to do go. Letting them go. Absolutely. So I like to find out, you know, you are a speaker, you are a trainer, you have books, all these different elements, things that I do too, that I enjoy. But I'd like to know from people, that, especially those of us who are our own business, What's the biggest challenge that you've had in building your business and how have you either overcome it or trying to overcome it, tried and failed? What, you know, I'd like to know what people are facing out there every day.
1: Well, I loved this question when I was reviewing it um, in preparation for the show. And honestly, I think it's this clear business model in an adaptive world. Um, Shock, shock your potential, mindful leadership. These are things that are just just sometimes out enough on the fringes that we're kind of out there, they're making our own path. And, you know, they say now that we're preparing kids in college for careers that haven't even been invented yet. So Absolutely. that biggest challenge right now, I think is building a business model in content that isn't even necessarily built yet. So how do you build an adaptive business? I would say that I'm more of a, interactive keynote versus just a keynote, you know, a keynote is generally a talking head on a stage. That's not who I am, but yet we're selling into a marketplace that, you know, the budget line item is keynote. <laughs> and, and how do you, you know, phrase your business model in a way that is adaptable uh, to the product and service that you actually offer.
0: Absolutely. And it it's interesting when you try and explain when, when speaking is your main income, it's interesting to explain that to people who don't do that. Because they're like, well, so you just fly around and talk a lot? No, I, I want to know who I'm talking with. I want to know what's important to them. I want to make sure that it's relevant. And, and I want to make sure that when I leave the stage, that the message that, that they leave was something that impacted them, not just just not just my message, but how my message should leave them mentally, you know, emotionally, strategically, whatever it is.
1: Well, and I can say this to you too, and I and I have been known to joke with meeting planners. Um, I gently and lovingly remind you that I do the number one fear of people for <laughs> a living. So exactly. If, if you kind of look at my fee and you go, "Huh? should you get paid to X to do Y?" Well, yes, and. That's the number one fear of most people every day of their life.
0: Absolutely, I know, and we love it. <laughs> what's wrong with us? I don't know.
1: Or what's right? Yeah, I mean, we just we all have gifts and talents, and, and that just happens to be ours.
0: I do. I love it. So I like to focus on excellence in many different uh, formats, and that's it's my thing. As I try and have everything be positive. Doesn't mean there's not negative stuff out there, bad things that have happened to any of us. But I like to focus on the positive because I think that the examples of leadership, sales or customer experiences that are exceptionally positive leave a mark on us and they influence how we operate and how we view the world. So I like to ask each of my guests if there's an incident that pops out in your mind of either excellence in leadership or sales or a customer experience that, that you've been the recipient of that has impacted you that way. I, this, this question
1: was fun, too, because, you know, as a mindful leader person, obviously, I kind of took this into my own meditation mindfulness practice um, yesterday, and I was surprised what showed up. And it, it's actually one of the best positive things I believe in is the idea of personalization. And we live in this world now where you can literally get online and you can order your Nike shoes with a you know, pink swoosh on one side and a yellow swoosh on the other side. And so much of our, our experience economy now is about personalization. And it brought me back to a story. And I, I wish I could find this gentleman now because I don't think he even realizes how much it touched me. But it was probably about the year 2000. I was a meeting an event planner at that time, uh, created a huge event at what was then the Portland Classical Chinese Garden, um, outdoor venue, beautiful, you know, very authentic Chinese thing. And as a post-event thank you gift, this gentleman had bought a red glass paperweight that had a Chinese flower in it. And I still have that paperweight and I still remember that story, even all these years later, because of the dynamic of the caring and the trait that we can all adapt for our own businesses of how do you make those personal deep relationships that have people remembering you and talking about the work that you do even years later.
0: That's, that's beautiful because you're right. The personal touch means that they thought through it. They spent time, they wanted it to be something important. And, and it's interesting how many examples I think many of us have of, of, of people who've done things like that that probably don't know how much they meant to us. And I think that's probably one of the reasons I like to promote this is to get people to the point to say, stop, let's, let's go back and thank them. Let's acknowledge them. Let's make sure the world hears enough of the positive stories so that we can buffer ourselves against some of the negative.
1: Well, and a little tricky, we have so many brand beliefs and systems and all that and more of that being disclosed that, you know, it used to be, you know, give wine for Christmas or chocolate, or we'll give, you know, these, these things. And if you don't know enough about that person, you could kind of almost upset them by delivering wine to somebody who chooses not to partake in alcohol or deliver chocolate to someone like you who's saying, you know, I'm, I'm exploring health and wellness options. So I think that, that, positive leadership thing that that really shocks me and it it shocks me when i do it that people go oh my gosh holly nobody's ever done that for me before but it can mean so much and transform the dynamic of your business by delivering a personal
0: experience and gratitude is a great way to do that absolutely well we're going to take a quick break here and have a word from our sponsor right now we've been speaking with holly duckworth and we're going to come back in just a moment do you sell a product or service Do you have a message that people need to hear? Then consider the Royalty Gem Proximity Marketing Device. And that's royalty with an IE, not a Y. Create your own ad and broadcast it to devices near you. I use two gems to promote my books and even this very podcast. My smaller gem promotes my message in a 100 meter radius, while my larger gem broadcasts out 400 meters and other gems can broadcast even farther with a minimum number of guaranteed impressions every month. By following the app on my phone, I can see just how many people have seen my messages and how many click through to my sites. A small monthly charge ensures that I reach new audiences every single day. Walking through the city, running through an airport, even working in my office, I'm guaranteed that my messages are seen by thousands of people every month. To learn more, click through on the link on our sites or visit royalty.com backslash question mark AF equals shock your potential. Remember that's royalty with an I E R O Y A L T I E.com backslash question mark. A is an apple F is in Frank equals shock your potential. And it will be the best marketing dollar you've ever spent. Well, we are back with Holly Duckworth and I love how you are focused on helping people understand and manage stress in a different way especially from leaders because the the elements of what we learn during stress in our lives and our careers I think really define us and you know you said earlier when you say if you start the sentence I am and whatever comes after that really has something it tells it is about you it, it, it is you that's more of the truth than anything it's an important element for us to be aware of. So I like to ask everybody to do a little self-reflection and say, if you could go back in time and talk to the younger Holly at any point in time, what point in time would you talk to her and what would you tell her that it would have shocked your potential or shocked her potential farther or faster or kept you on the exact same path that you've been on?
1: Oh my gosh, I, 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 I've got to add add this one because I think timing is is everything. So my, my piece of advice was it's not where you come from, but it's about where you are going. And I had the privilege and the excitement yesterday of, you know, flipping through Facebook and late last night there was a post and it's from some friends in Oregon. It says, congratulations to Lizzie. I love what that you knew what you wanted and you went out and got it. Um, and it's a post of her standing in front of the college that she has chosen to go to, which happens to be the college that I went to. And I'm a first-generation college graduate um, in, in terms of my family. And so, if I had a piece of advice for myself and, and for the listeners, it's not about where you came from, but it's what are you what are you declaring for yourself that you're willing to go out and go after. And I, I did that that in college, and it transformed my my life. I know it will transform this gal I saw on Facebook, but. Really continuing to focus on your becomingness is a huge, a huge piece of advice that, that I think will grow you and your listeners.
0: And to enjoy and, and, gosh, to cherish, I guess, some of those moments in the journey. Because it's very easy sometimes to see where you want to go and be working so hard to get there that you forget to relish the individual steps that you're taking. And the progress you're making to get there, because it's not. I had that kind of awakening this morning as I, I've been uh, doing a video log every day uh, these 18 days with this uh, weight management kind of program I'm doing. And today, as I'm talking to myself, I said, "Boy, you know, most of the time you're so focused on what the scale's going to, you know, look like at the end of this journey when you get there that you're forgetting to be really proud of the fact that at 18 days you've done this, this, and this, and the scale, luckily, has also followed that." But Just cherish today. Enjoy this part on the way to getting to that journey because there's something to be said for appreciating those little baby steps.
1: Well, I'm gonna gonna share this was the other thing we talked about, which is you know my new book is out, Everyday Mindfulness from Chaos to Calm in a Crazy World, and this is a daily reader book, and it kind of does just exactly that. It walks you through how to set an intention for each day. We all have our to-do lists, and I work with my clients on their to. B list and the word intention breaks down to energy in motion. How will you put your energy in motion on any given day? Are you going to choose to be grumpy and sad and frustrated? Or are you going to choose to be, you know, happy and, and joyful? I think that part of what this, why this advice matters is I, I loved that post. You knew what you wanted and you went out and got it. So yeah. as you embark upon shocking your own self and your own potential, can you step up to your beingness almost first, and then the doingness later? How am I going to be in the doingness?
0: Very good. I love that absolutely. And it does. It it takes that that moment to sit and reflect before you start the chaos of the day to determine what you want that to look like. Well, we're nearing the end here, and I know I'm going to have all of your contact information, linked to your book, linked to the download that you want to share. Everything will be on the show notes and the website. But. For anybody who's just driving and want to you know, look you up right now, or maybe they're in the passenger seat, they're not driving while they're looking you up, what's the best way for people to reach you?
1: You know, the easiest way to get to me is just holly at hollyduckworth.com. H-O-L-L-Y-D-U-C-K-W-O-R-T-H.com.
0: I love it. And uh, as we get ready to roll, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners? You
1: know, remember that mindful matters, you matter the heart and the presence that you are in this world matters. And the more that you can be mindful in in your daily work, the more you are a positive presence and positive light in the world. So I just always
0: like to say mindful matters. And so do you. I love it. Thank you, Holly. It's been a great pleasure having you on today. I look forward to staying in touch and hearing more about what you do. Thank you for joining us on another episode of shock your potential. Please remember to subscribe rate and like our podcast and for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.